Well, hey, everybody. My name is Mark, and thanks so much for joining us for this week's Menlo Midweek Podcast. We're continuing our Path of Surrender journey, where we're all headed together towards the cross during this Lenten season. And just a reminder that we created devotional just for you. You can access it uh, using your smartphone. You can go to the Bible app and search Menlo Church and find it there, or head over to menlo.church slash Easter, and this will take you to the devotional content that we made, which features videos, scripture, meditations, and prayers for us to do together as a church community each day as we head towards Easter Sunday. So we'd love for you to take advantage of that, and we'd love to see you in person as well. If you haven't joined us in a while in person, we would love to see you there. Our campuses have teams that are waiting for you and would love to get to know you and your story if you haven't been with us before or haven't been in a while. So love to see you on a Sunday, and now let's go ahead and jump into today's conversation. Welcome everybody to the Menlo Midweek Podcast. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. And Phil's with us today. Yes. Hey everybody. Woo. Hi, Phil. It's an afternoon recording, which yeah. I don't know if you can already tell by our voices, but we are not groggy and we're all awake. <laughs> yeah, although I feel like I'm more groggy at 3.30 in the afternoon than I am in the morning. I might so. actually be a little bit too. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. But I think it depends okay. on the you day know, We'll see me. what happens if she falls over in her chair. I've got like four shots of espresso in here, so. Oh my gosh. It's going to be wild. Fun. Yeah, it's going to be wild. So by the end of this, Phil's going to be yeah, dancing on the if table. If you're like listening at normal volume or normal speed, and by the end of the episode, you're like, did I change that to 1.5? <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, speaking of coffee, we haven't done a coffee shop shout out oh, in a while. Yes, but uh, Saint, Saint Frank's Coffee Ooh. here in Menlo Park, yeah. which is by the train station over there, great spot for us. They opened up a shop in the city, oh, a no new way. location. Nice. Uh, they announced it on their Instagram um, this past week, and it looks really awesome. So Sick. if you can journey out the there. City? Uh, that's a great question. Let's see if we can Google it. I got you, I got you, I got you. I, got you. Uh, I think it's called Mira, but that's not the neighborhood, but they just called it St. Frank Mira. Um, like M-I-R-A? I think so, oh, I think so. Russian Hill? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah. So oh, no, they are, they have one in Russian Hill. They had you're one. right, down, they have one on Folsom. Yes. That's great. It looks really cool. Oh, it nice. does look really cool. I feel cool. like look our next that. concept site should be what this looks like. Ooh, that is okay. really sick That's our looking. new studio? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Concept> studio <laughs> coming to a Menlo lobby near you. <laughs> yeah. That is really cool again. Um, so shout out to them nice. for feeling us um, always. Do you think they did it just because they heard us talk positively about them and they were like, all right, now's the time to expand? Yeah, they probably got a lot of customers coming That's from this. Yes. So they were like, well, You're we have welcome, so much money Saint now. <laughs> You're welcome. Feel free to send over some gift cards. Oh, yes. And if you're listening and you have a coffee shop that you want us to try yes, please. and shout out, let us Text know. us in, 650-600-0402. Thanks, Jess. I know the that number. That was great. Yeah, shout out One Ounce <laughs> Coffee, too. Um, we do a Menlo Cycle uh, thing every Friday with some of us on staff, and we are able to gather a group of people. Um, I forgot when, but we were able to ride up towards Mountain View and went to One Ounce in Mountain View. Oh, yeah. We also at one point did a ride on a holiday down to the new Equator Coffee Shop in Burlingame. Oh, that was cool. Which oh, was cool, too. Was really cool. Okay. So lots of shops that around. That coffee shop was so fun. Man. Yeah. So fun. What did I get there? Some waffle thing? Banana, peanut butter, waffle? I think so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so That's good. actually what I had for breakfast this morning was a peanut Ooh. butter yeah. on my waffle. So good. So speaking of splurging and living mm-hmm. a life of excess, mm-hmm. uh, we're now called to fasting in week two of yes. Lent. Yes, Lent Segway is here. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, one thing that I have found really awesome about this is not to shout out our own stuff, but also to shout out our own stuff. <laughs> uh, we have a Lent devotional that we've yeah. been working through and helping 
one, have people that are less tech inept be able to find it and mm -hmm. access it. That's been really fun. But yeah. also once it's accessed, the content that's there, we've gotten some pretty good feedback already. Yeah. Um, and I heard before mm -hmm. it even started, I don't know what the current numbers are, but I heard before it even started, we had 1,200 people signed up for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because we that's released incredible. it. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah, 1,200. It was crazy. Yeah. That's the power, though. Like, if you're wondering, why didn't you just, like, print out the book like we've always done? Mm -hmm. uh, that's really, honestly, kind of my fault. So if you're really mad, you can email me at M. Morinisha <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. bank at Menlo Church. Yeah. Uh, nice. And the reason, that, I mean, it's a cost constraint thing. Like, it's very expensive to do that. Mm -hmm. We had a print shop. Before we restructured our staff, we no longer have that print shop. So it would actually be even more expensive. Um, but putting it on the YouVersion Bible app actually exposes mm -hmm. it to, I mean, thousands times more people. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And so hopefully it'll help a lot more people. Yeah, because it's not just Menlo. Right. And it's not Menlo branded or anything. That was intentional. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I did it this morning. I was very excited because mm -hmm. those like daily little things like that. Mm. really helped start the day and I mm -hmm. haven't done one in a while and yeah, so I was like great. I'm actually going to do this one and it was mm -hmm. just Perfect. a great little quick video and then I like to listen to them oh, read the sure. scripture yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I actually prefer the let me get to it the NRSV yeah, yeah. the guy that does that is like an acting oh, guy nice. he oh, like fun. it's more animated mm -hmm. and then they have like different voices so there was like a woman who spoke and it was like a woman's voice I just that's like cool. it so much yeah, yeah that's great <laughs> There you yeah. go. And I took out my dog and was listening to it. It was perfect. And if you're wondering, is it too late for me to start? It's not too late for no. me nope. to start. Jump in. Mm -hmm. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do it with other people, there's almost like a little kind of chat box at the end of every day. Mm -hmm. And so you can respond to what you thought about it. Oh, and yeah. then other yeah. people will do it also. And so you kind of get this like community thing. Maybe do that with your life group or with a group of friends. It's a really cool way to use that app. Yeah. So. Yeah. We saw that you commented on something and we posted that on social. So mm -hmm. way to kick off that conversation. Hey. Do what I can, you know? Thank you. Do what I can. <laughs> I also need to redact something I said from last week, which was this comes pre-installed on your phone. It does not. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I was ready to be wrong, yeah. but I was like, that would be very surprising. Yeah. Like, it's not a I thought U2 at one point song. that it did. <laughs> it's not a YouTube song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was a great, that nice. was amazing, actually. That was awesome. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. That was incredible. I um, actually... That was such a good callback. <laughs> That's going to be like... This is the perfect yeah. audience for that callback. There's yeah. a bunch, the percentage of people <laughs> listening to this yeah. podcast that understood that reference is amazing. There's yeah. probably someone listening that was like, oh yeah, I, I helped put that on. Yeah, yeah. And you're making, <laughs> and they're like, you're making fun of me uh, and I don't like you now. Yeah, that was my idea. I actually heard on a podcast recently yeah. that they were saying that you two, you know, they're now uh, in, in Vegas playing at the Sphere. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the joke is like, they're trapped in the Sphere so they can't go anywhere. Mm. And then someone was like, yeah, it's punishment for that song that amazing. they all, or that oh. album they all gave us. <laughs> amazing. That's so funny. Yeah. Awesome. And well, here we are. Well, let's jump into week two. Let's do Sounds it. great. Yeah. So we were we're continuing our Path of Surrender series. It's our Lenten series as we're all journeying together towards the cross. And so we kind of talked about spring cleaning, which was a little bit fitting. We've had some weather now that has been a little bit warmer, at least. <laughs> yeah. Even though that is kind of at least a few hours of it. Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll get hints of it here and there. But there is at plum blossoms now. Yes. So little things that are fruiting, some magnolias are starting to go too. Allergies are not thankful for that, but visually it looks nice. <laughs> so yeah, Phil, let's jump in. Yeah. I mean, obviously we are walking in this like final week, the Passion Week of Jesus, mm -hmm. on his way from where we were in week one with the triumphal entry to Jerusalem into uh, the second week. And uh, we know from one of the other Gospels, not Matthew, 
that uh, this is the next day. So it would have been like, Jesus, there's a big crowd. Everybody's amazing. That night sounds like it would have been pretty wild to know what happened after mm-hmm. triumphal entry. But hmm. we get introduced to kind of the scene in the second day uh, when Jesus actually goes into the temple um, and he uh, he gets really really mad, and I think kind mm. of illustrates this mm. extremely important principle um, that I think, you know, we can have a very orderly outside and a very disordered inside, yeah. and uh, it's it's easy for us to fall into the same trap that the religious leaders in the first century did, which is like, we have all of our I's dotted and all of our T's crossed, and we know mm-hmm. how to behave, and we know the words we're supposed to say mm-hmm. when we're with this group of people, and the... And, and Jesus would say none of that. Like he calls the the religious leaders at one point whitewashed tombs. Like yeah, you look nice on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um, this is one of those moments for Jesus where you wonder. He, you know, we know he didn't sin, so he, he didn't get, he did not sin in his anger. But you wonder how long this has been building up. You know, mm-hmm. like some commentators think that um, before we see him go into the temple. That in his humanity, you know, Jesus didn't know everything. Jesus, fully God, fully man. We talked about this last week. When he did things on earth, he did it submitted to his Father, empowered by the Spirit, just like we do. Uh, He just did it without sin. Mm -hmm. And so he knew the ultimate plan, but he didn't know every detail of it. And you kind of wonder, some commentators hypothesize, was Jesus hoping that there still would be a way that religious leaders might like figure this out and be like, all right, we're <laughs> going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. we know, and we'll see later on in the series in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus says, uh, if there's another way besides me going to the cross, can we explore yeah. that way? When he knew for sure that there was no other way, you know, yeah. so there's some kind of hopeful thinking that mm-hmm. I think for Jesus in this passage, we see him um, be very frustrated that yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. come to pass. Yeah, I was struck by that. Um, the whitewashed tombs analogy. As I'm reading through this um, and spending some time in this story, sometimes I'll flick back and forth between like, who am I in, in this? Am I a disciple? Mm-hmm. Am I a Pharisee? Am I a bystander? Like, and it's just interesting as I'm spending time in this. And so how can we help identify areas in us, Phil, that maybe need to be cleaned? I mean, the Pharisees probably saw it as, I'm good. Like, I know everything. Um, I'm I've got all the knowledge there, but how can we self-examine ourselves in this season to see parts of us that Jesus might want us to change? Yeah, I think one of the really helpful things that practicing some measure of simplicity and Hmm. uh, surrender at Lent can do is it can reveal our appetite, right? So usually when we uh, stop doing one thing, that we did that thing because it was easy, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it if you did something with technology, maybe you're already feeling you're like jonesing, like someone that joneses for a cigarette. You're like, oh, I just want to scroll Instagram right now, yeah. and you're not doing it, or you're like, oh, Amazon's going to go out of business without me. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually, what happens is <laughs> yeah. like pretty quickly, the next the like the next layers of appetite come into view. Mm. And it's pretty unusual that it's like, well, I'm not going to be as consumed with this secondary desire anymore. And then you just start instantly like, you know what I really want? I feel compelled to pray for my family. Uh, Maybe every now and then, but I think more (laughs) often 
you're like, man, I'm I'm hungry for snacks more than I thought, or mm-hmm. I'm gonna go grab some wine more than I thought, or like, yeah. I, I think figuring out what are those what are those additional appetites where even if everything looks okay on the surface and you're doing a Lent devotional every day and you're coming to church each week and you're having good, mm-hmm. thoughtful conversations with people in your life, but underneath the hood, what are you really longing for and what has surrendering something in your life through Lent revealed another longing for that you're going, oh gosh, I don't know that I like that I want that, but you didn't even realize it because something else was masking that desire until mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And so as you remove the mask of those desires, I think God can reveal to us oh man, I care a lot more about what people think of me than I thought I did, or I care a lot more about acquiring that thing than I thought I did, or I care a lot more about this sense of security that I got from this thing than I Mm -hmm. currently thought I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think oftentimes we will find uh, what we long for most when we desire, when we find out what we desire the most, and it's it's sort of stripping away what we desire to find it. Yeah. And there's definitely a piece of complexity in there and the world that we're in now, or you mentioned Amazon and just the, avail- the the pace at which our world can move. And so how can we, as a people that are experiencing, you know, life on the peninsula in the middle of tech, in the middle of busyness, surrounded by millions of people, yeah. how can we try to slow down a bit and how can we try to gain some awareness of man, things are moving crazy. Maybe I don't need to go at that speed. Or maybe if I did slow down, it would allow me to focus on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I think the metaphor that I'll use a lot in this, and and maybe we've talked about this before, but uh, I think a lot of times it's understanding the difference between um, like what is what is good for me and what's better than just good for me. Mm -hmm. And um, Hmm. oftentimes, we talked about this at the beginning of the series, when we give up something at Lent, I'm guessing nobody listening to this is like, you know what I'm going to give up till Easter? I'm going to give up worshiping demons. I'm just going to try it for 40 <laughs> days, you know? Uh, we don't, I thought about that uh, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not giving that one up. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're giving up good things. Like, it's yeah. not giving up bad things. We're giving up good things that may have taken up too much of a spot in our life, and mm. we're doing it for stuff that's better. Like, it's mm-hmm. we've got, we really want you to change our appetite for this. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, you know, one of the easy examples of that just in our practical life is on our way home uh, at the end of a long day, it may be like really easy to just get in a habit of pulling into the fast food restaurant and getting a thing in the drive through and driving home and it tastes good and it's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, it sort of instantly makes you uh, expect kind of fast food. And then I think on the other side, we know that like going home and developing a habit of like we're going to make a meal and yeah. we're going to sit down and eat that meal and i've got nobody to blame for it if it's not good but me and uh it, you know one of the things that i think is really important is is really just like which which one of those habits are we cultivating in our spiritual walk are we kind of trying for the fast food thing how quick can i get it how can i get in and out and just kind of keep going with my day uh, or am I slowly savoring what it means to experience God or experience community with other people? Mm-hmm. Do I have margin in my life to even do that? Uh, I think that Lent is a is a great window of time to be able to examine the inner life and say, "Hey, which one?" I think it's a I think it's a Charles Spurgeon quote where he talks about there are these like two dogs that live inside of us. One is working for our good. One mm-hmm. is working for our evil. And they're constantly at war with each other. 
and somebody asks him uh, which dog wins, and he says, whichever one I feed the most. Hmm. And I think that, um, you know, there's there's some of that in us, too. There's some of that in me um, that I think we assume there's no there's no meaningful consequence to the appetites that I feed, but I think Lent is a, is a great season to do some of that kind of spring cleaning internally and examine our own appetites that people around you may never see. Like, yeah. this, is, this is all internal, mm-hmm. um, but it will show up in other ways throughout your life. Yes. Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend recently, and we were just kind of talking about things, and he was he just kind of, I don't think he would mind me sharing this at all, but he was like, I, I, I was so good. Like, I did a Bible study that morning, got up, was in like a really holy space, had a great day at work, but afterwards, you know, I was tired, and when I got home, and like, I, I was supposed to have time with my wife, and I just like wasn't a good listener in that moment. Mm. So he's like, what was the point of the morning if mm. it didn't? transform me throughout the day and i was like that's interesting like that's kind of what we're hitting at here it's like Mm -hmm. you might go through the motions and do the right things but depending on what you're cutting out or what you're trying to focus on in place of that like that's that's really the the appetite that needs to change well and i think one of the like one of the metaphors that jesus might use if he was talking to us as like religious people in 2024 Mm. he wouldn't call us whitewashed tombs that that metaphor wouldn't make sense jesus was amazing at like taking the circumstances that he was in and the people that he was talking to and then leveraging that for something they would understand Mm -hmm. and so i think jesus might say to us today uh we have like a really good fit on like our outfit's great but we haven't taken a shower in weeks (laughs) and so you know this idea of Uh hey i like spent time with god this morning you know what happened like yeah man but like that was like you put on a good wardrobe, but like you're not letting God into what's actually happening. Mm. And you go, I gave you, God, I gave you 10 minutes at the beginning of my day. And he's like, cool, let me flip you over to John 15, where it says, you should abide in me and I mm-hmm. abide in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Mm-hmm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not this idea of like, let me charge my battery for the next 23 hours. We're, there are no cordless Christians. We're all supposed to stay constantly connected to Jesus. And so if if all we're trying to do is sort of that external behavior modification, we might be able to muscle our way into looking the part for a while, but the appetites we're feeding under the hood, they will eventually win. And Mm. um, I hope that over the course of this season, when we think about surrender, it's about more than just... When we surrender external habits, it's so that we can reveal, or God can reveal in us, internal appetites. So that like we can go, okay, God, that's the thing you actually want to really do something with. And I mentioned a few weeks ago... Um, a book by Ruth Haley Barton called Sacred Rhythms, I think. And she does a great job of identifying kind of a tiered approach to what are some of those habits that are more externalized, and then what are some of those that are more internalized. And if your habits have always been external, and you go, I did my quiet time, and you know, I prayed, or whatever, um, and then you you wonder why a couple weeks later, or a couple days later, things are kind of falling off the rails. It, It may be a good time to examine are you doing anything internally or is it all just mm-hmm. external behavior modification? Yeah. I think that's where I struggle the most is con- the continuation of that. Like I'll be good mm. for a couple weeks mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh yeah, remember that one time I was really good at that? <laughs> but without taking that time to actually figure out like, okay, well, why were you better at it then? And were you actually doing the inner work or were you going mm-hmm. through the motions? And even like adding to your... Um, example of like not showering. I think of like some of the things we do to cover that, like deodorant yeah, yeah. for females, like uh, dry shampoo. Those mm-hmm. are just temporary fixes, and you can look better and smell better without right. showering, but still on the inside. Oh, that's good. You're kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's not because God wants to produce shame in us, like He mm-hmm. loves us, but He's saying, you know, the, the passage that we looked at this last weekend, Jesus, he, he talks about, He flips these tables, super frustrated, like, look what you did. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he, ta- he, he gets in trouble because He heals a blind man. Yeah. And I just think, like, what a crazy <laughs> reality yeah. that the religious people had become... Um, they had become so trapped in their religious system, and Jesus represented mm-hmm. such a threat to the religious system that they had built that they were looking for ways to try and kill him because he was healing people. Mm-hmm. And wild. so it was like Jesus was going like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want just dry shampoo to be enough. Like, I yeah. want real, genuine, supernatural healing. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think that it's, it's really easy. It is really, really easy for us if we're not careful uh, to elevate external patterns of behavior mm-hmm. uh, over what Jesus really wants us to do, and we, you know, we just miss the point. We end up, um, we end up doing the exact opposite of what God can do through us um, mm. when we aim solely at the external. Yeah. Let's kind of double click on this interaction that we see with Jesus and flipping tables. Growing up, this was a tough thing for me to understand because I felt like Jesus was this peaceful, loving teacher, yet he still shows. And I don't know if this was just my poor understanding or not, but frustration or anger in this moment, potentially violence of flipping a table. Mm-hmm. Like it's a pretty wild act to just go in somewhere and flip over a table. Right. And so how can how can we understand that today, Phil? What, what? Yeah, well, I mean, to understand the context, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Jesus is stepping into a section of the temple. If, if you've never seen the temple, it's like it exists in these separate sections. Mm-hmm. And the section that we're looking at here is what's typically referred to as the Court of Gentiles. Um, and the Court of Gentiles is a specific section of the temple that was reserved for non-Jewish people to pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the Jewish people never understood this or fully embodied it in the Hebrew Scriptures. And, you know, we can honestly come up with some pretty good reasons for it, because a lot of times foreign nations were trying to kill them. Um, but they never fully epitomized when God said, hey, this part is supposed to be for non-Jewish people to come to know me. Mm-hmm. Your role, Israel, is to be a light on a hill, city on a hill, mm-hmm. that like the whole world would come to know me as a result, and it, it didn't really work out that way. Mm-hmm. And so this, I mean, this just ended up being, for the most part, a completely unused portion of the temple. Uh, and as they're getting ready for Passover, uh, you have all these money changers who are there to profit uh, off of people who are traveling into the community once a year uh, for Passover to make their sacrifice. And so they are converting currency to be able to buy animals, including pigeons, uh, to be able to make sacrifice uh, on that specific uh, day. Mm -hmm. And that entire system, for multiple reasons, but that entire system that was designed to make it more affordable for people who had less money to be able to make a sacrifice, it had so much corruption in it that it actually was now working against the very thing that it was originally designed to do in the law. And so Jesus is not doing it because he's like, oh my gosh, this shouldn't happen in church. He's not doing this because we shouldn't have coffee shops and bookstores in our churches. We probably shouldn't have bookstores in our churches because... Yeah, obviously. But um, (laughs) this was, you're missing the point of this space. This is for Gentiles to come to know me. Mm -hmm. Now we got Jews and Gentiles in every building, right? All that division line is broken down. Um, But then in addition to that, this group of people that is taking advantage of others 
financially for their capacity to worship God. And so that's what Jesus, you know, Jesus is like, I'm here to tear down the wall and you're building up extra walls. Hmm. Um, and so I think, again, there's this, there's this thought that now Jesus is demonstrating a zealousness uh, kind of in his final week. He's like, man, I've given you every stinking chance to be able to change your perspective and you guys are still doing the same silly stupid stuff and uh i think ultimately that's what we see is it is anger without a doubt uh it is anger and frustration and i think violence is a fair description uh it doesn't say hurt anybody but mm -hmm. you know it was going to be like i'm the you know i think about the, i know it wasn't this but i think about like the classic long white church folding tables you know just like, <laughs> <"Get out of laughs> <here."> <laughs> yeah. so, they're always trying to stack them on yeah, the back yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, you broke a leg. <laughs> Mountain View after eleven thirty. That's literally that's what I was. Yeah, thinking. yeah. So I, I, um, yeah. I mean, I think it is it is foreign to us to the way that it seems like uh, Jesus often shows up in his life. But if we think about the entire canon of Scripture, mm -hmm. uh, how Jesus shows up throughout his life at different points, mm -hmm. and then certainly the way we see Jesus show up in places like the Book of Revelation, mm -hmm. um, you know, Jesus is loving and Jesus is just, and so yeah. he is advocating for those who can't advocate for themselves. And he's going, like, the whole the whole point, guys, is that people that don't know me could come to find mm -hmm. find me in this place, and you're making that impossible. Yeah. So. That was my favorite answer to WWJD. Like, what would Jesus do? And I'd always be like, yeah, yeah. pretend to flip a table, because he did. And so that's yeah. what I think he would do. Was this as you were standing on your Bible? <laughs> Callback, yes, it was. I was standing on my Bible and throwing tables. That's good. You were Jesus. <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> now, I think it's important for us uh, to not make this the entire construct of Jesus. Yeah. We did do this. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons it feels so confusing for us is this is a very small percentage of what he did in his earthly ministry. Yeah. Most of what mm -hmm. he did was just exude perfect patience, compassion, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is, if you're somebody that runs a little hot maybe, and you're like, oh, this is the, this is the justification I need. <laughs> this is my Jesus. Uh, that's, you know, we, yeah. we get to embrace all of the revealed person of Jesus, not just the parts we like. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Thank you. That was helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, as we're entering into conversations with neighbors, friends, coworkers that maybe may not understand what this Lenten season is about. Maybe we're having some conversations around fasting. Maybe we're trying to say, you know, it's not, you know, what we're giving up, but more so who we're seeking after. What encouragement do you have for, for us as we're entering into those conversations? Yeah, I mean, I think um, initially one thing I think about is like, don't be weird, right? That, That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, just this idea, we, I think sometimes we have this this audible flip that we feel like we're supposed to do. And it's like, oh, what'd you think about the Super Bowl? Oh, so hard. It was really tough. Like, oh, man. So I hear a bunch of Christians are doing this Lent thing. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, yes, the <laughs> Lord has <laughs> cast upon me. Yep. You know, like, just be a normal person. Just talk normally. Yeah. And and also I would say um, err on the side of, like, being discreet, right? Like, uh, sure. the scriptures say that uh, actually some of the power that we find in fasting is not like airing it out is not like oh let me tell you because that was such a common thing for the religious leaders they would they would actually sort of lean into it and they'd come out and be like i'm so tired because i've been fasting for so <laughs> long yeah. and jesus is like man put some water on your face wake up yeah like don't if this is really for god then make it between you and him hmm. and so uh i think that if you're having a conversation with somebody i would just lean into hey this is what i really feel like 
this time of the year does for me. And hopefully this metaphor of spring cleaning is helpful because it's a metaphor that your neighbor probably understands. Like, hey, I don't know, man, like my garage has needed to get cleaned out for a long time. That's like easy for me to see, but I just feel like sometimes in my faith, there are some things that are not as easy to see. Mm. And this season's really helpful for me mm. to just be more thoughtful about what I'm uh, thinking about more, what I want most in my life. And it's not like a have to, it's a get to, but it's a really good mm. annual rhythm for me as I get ready to celebrate Easter. Yeah. It may be as simple as that. You're not trying to convert someone to Lent, right? You're trying to mm -hmm. share hope with them. Mm -hmm. And so um, there are plenty of Christians, I've talked to some this year, who have never celebrated or practiced Lent before. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're like, is it okay if I can do this? Like, I have Catholic friends that do this. Does this make me Catholic? Yeah. Like, no, no, that's not, you know, this is just, this is a spiritual practice that followers of Jesus have been doing for more than 1,500 years, inside and outside the Catholic Church. And so I think, again, whatever language feels most natural to you, but don't be weird. And I think, uh, yeah, just I would say exercise discretion as you talk about what you're giving up. And and if you if you feel like you have to talk about the very thing you're giving up a lot, I would just say maybe it's a good opportunity to exam, examine motive, like about why mm. you feel like you're Pour giving some up. water on your face. Interesting. Yeah, like Metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I'm glad you brought up that, that piece because, yes, as we are trying to fast, um, there is, yeah, a lot of scripture that says, don't boast about that. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Like, just do it like between you and God. So that was helpful. It is ironic to mm -hmm. me when people mm -hmm. are fasting from something. Uh, oh, here's my, here's the one that's most ironic to me. People that post on social media <laughs> that they're fasting from social media. Yeah. It feels like the most meta thing ever. Yeah. And you're like, I, I think people probably would have figured it out. Like, yeah. I'm not sure you needed to post yeah. it. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, everybody does their own thing. Of course. Well, anything else, Phil, as we're continuing this journey uh, towards the cross together. This path, Any, if you will. Yeah, this mm -hmm. path of mm -hmm. surrender. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the, the religious leaders look more like us than we want them to. And I think we can look at the protocol, hmm. the patterns that they had, and we can criticize them, whether we say it out loud or not. Mm -hmm. But we have patterns and protocol, too. And if Jesus earthly ministry started today, there would be things that would be disruptive and counterintuitive for us. Like, he would do things differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I think in the process of experiencing Lent, just letting it be enough. Uh, you know, there's that, uh, that passage where Jesus asks uh, someone, do you want to be healed? And I think about that as I read from this passage that Jesus... Um, it says that the blind and the lame came <coughs> into the temple and Jesus healed them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think for some people, they're, they're really hoping you're listening to this, you're studying with us, you're attending services, you're doing a Lent devotional, and you're like really hoping uh, that there's going to be this incremental progress in your life. And I hope there is too. Uh, but I guess I'm hoping too that if, if Jesus were to ask you, do you want to be healed? Like, do you want meaningful transformation in your life? that you would say yes, and that your pattern, your protocol, your habits would be up for grabs. You would say, God, I'm willing to hmm. change. If if healing is on the other side of these things, I'm ready for it. And we know that's what it is. I mean, Romans 12, like one of the most quoted passages in all the Bible, uh, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds, don't be uh, conformed to the patterns of this world. Uh, we, are, we are rewiring neurological pathways as we establish new habits of staying connected to God, not just once a day, but throughout our day. 
And hopefully this time of the year is a great reminder to be able to do that. And maybe last year it, it was more effective than the year before, but it still didn't do everything you want it to be. This year maybe could be a breakthrough year where mm-hmm. it's not just about mm-hmm. these 40 days, but this moment really does unlock momentum that you get to carry with you into the mm-hmm. rest of the year. I love that. I think it's helpful too to remember like, yes, this is a great opportunity to come together, keep each other accountable, all work mm. on this together. But also like the rest of the year is also a great time to yeah. like start whatever journey you're looking at. I think a lot of people talk yeah. about New Year's resolutions are out, like it's mm-hmm. over, New Year, New You, whatever. Yep. You can you can start patterns and habits any time of the year. And so if, you know, for whatever reason, maybe this Lent season is just too difficult for you to do this kind of stuff, maybe stop and examine and see if that's really true. Hmm. But if not, there's plenty of opportunity to do that in April, May, June, the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a lot less pressure uh, when it feels like, and that's one of the reasons I think actually that fasting is designed to be so personal so that we don't mm-hmm. feel pressure. Um, but I think there's a lot less pressure when it's not January 1st. I also think that there's mm-hmm. a lot less pressure when we don't create unsustainable all-or-nothing patterns, right? When we don't go, it's not going to be like, well, I'm only going to listen to worship music, and I'm going to read the entire Bible in the next week, and I'm <laughs> never going to have a bad thought, uh, and I'm never going to spend money recklessly, and I'm only going to say the kindest things to people. And I'm like, okay, so no, you're not. Like, I just want to just <laughs> yeah. make sure you I know thought you were that. describing me for a second. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. And, and so <laughs> you, usually uh, when we do that, what we do is, we, like, there's a line, uh, restriction leads to binging. Like, what, mm. what usually happens is uh, we, like, try really hard, we white-knuckle it, and then all of a sudden we're exhausted, then we have shame, then to, like, sort of self-soothe ourselves in our shame, we run back to the extremes of all the stuff that we were trying not to do. And so to be able to say, God, what is... That's why we try to target in Lent. Like, what's the thing, mm-hmm. God, that you want me to surrender over this this time period? Mm-hmm. And when we make it narrow, it can become sustainable. So m- maybe the challenge for you isn't... Like, if you did a whole bunch of things because you're just a, an overachiever, maybe the challenge for you isn't, let me just give up everything. Maybe the challenge is what's the like one thing that God would have you continue in the Lent season? Even if you failed, even if you've fallen short, God will still meet you and extend grace mm-hmm. as you try again. Fantastic. Amen. Great. Well, if you need any help or encouragement in that process or just want people to process that with you, you can text our team, 650-600-0402. We'd love to step into those conversations with you. And thank you to those that are continually reaching out for prayer requests as well. Yes. It's such a gift to be able to pray for you and know that your prayers do not go unanswered. And we'd love to encourage you to continue to, to send in your questions as well. as so we mm-hmm. did our wonder exercise from... Uh, this last series, but hey, we'd love to extend that opportunity as well. So keep sending those in. We'll get to those. Um, and just be encouraged, everyone, this week. Have a have a great week, and we'll see everybody soon. Go flip some tables righteously. Flip some tables. Bye. Bye. See ya.